0: Com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. If you are a regular listener to the Beacon Broadcast, then you know that we have concluded our verse-by-verse study Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians. In my mind, it has been a very worthwhile, very rich, very convicting, very informative study in every way. I trust that it has been the same for you. And we are getting ready to move on to the book of 1 Thessalonians for our next study. But before we do that, I'm taking time to make a couple of applications that grow from this epistle, and particularly from the last few verses of the epistle. And then we'll lay it aside and move on to 1 Thessalonians. You remember that this epistle concludes with a benediction. Paul writes, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And with that, he closes the epistle sends it by courier. It will take some days, maybe even a couple of weeks to arrive, depending on how it is sent. And then Paul says, I'm going to come and follow up and make sure that you have received the epistle and have applied the epistle to your life. Because what Paul is demanding of them is that they regulate their lives according to the truth of God, according to the Word of God. And Paul, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, is one who communicates that word to them. He teaches them what Jesus taught him. Jesus taught all of his apostles and told them to proclaim his teachings to everyone that came under their ministry, under their influence, and the apostle Paul is doing exactly that, and through the technique, the mechanism is a better word, of inspired scripture, then what Paul has written in this epistle becomes God's truth. He wrote what God the Holy Spirit directed him to write. He wrote exactly the truth that they needed in their lives, in their church, in the first century, in their location, in the city of Corinth. But also, there's a lot of truth in here, nearly nearly all of the truth in here is applicable to us in the 21st century in America, and that's why the Holy Spirit saw fit to include this epistle in the canon of Scripture, and we have it today. So, that is what we are going to conclude with, a couple of applications from this entire epistle. Thank you for joining me on this Friday, January 19, and for remembering that we depend upon the gifts of listeners like you in order to be able to continue this ministry on this station. Well, I told you on the broadcast yesterday that the first lesson that I want you to understand from this epistle is that we are to live lives that are regulated by truth. Paul affirmed that that was his case in verse 8 of this chapter, when he said, For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. We can do nothing that is in opposition to, that is different from, that is deviation from the truth. We can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Everything we do is in conformity with the truth that God has given In other words, his word, the Bible, the inspired scriptures. That was the statement of the Apostle Paul. He could say that truthfully. He could say that with a clear conscience. The question is, can I say that with the same certainty that it is absolutely true as Paul did? I hope so. That is certainly my desire. Can you say that? Can you say in your life you can do nothing against the truth? You can do nothing against the truth. You are unwilling to do anything in your life that is outside the revealed will of God. You can do nothing against the truth, but only that which is for the truth. That's what God requires of us. That's what God commands of us. That's what God expects of us, that's what God is going to hold us accountable for. And whenever we don't do that, that's the sins we need to confess to him and to ask him to forgive us and to help us to get our lives back under the canopy of his truth. So that in our lives, we are doing nothing against the truth, but everything that is in conformity with the truth. Now, if we're going to have lives that are regulated by the truth, it's necessary that we know what the truth is. Duh! How can we live lives in accordance with the truth unless we know the truth? In other words, how can we live lives that are in perfect accord with the Bible unless we know the Bible? Obviously, we can't. It is possible to know something to be true and still be unwilling to do it, but it is not possible to conform our lives to the Word of God unless we know what the Word of God says. And it is obvious that many, many, many Christians have a very limited knowledge of the Bible. How many of you have ever read the Bible, all of it, from the first verse of Genesis to the last verse of Revelation and everything in between? How many of you have read the entire Bible at least once? Can I see your hands? Well, it wouldn't do any good. (laughs) I can't see you and you can't see me. But it would be interesting to know how many of our radio listeners could say truthfully, I have read the Bible through. Good for you if you have. But that's just the beginning. I've been reading the Bible through every word, every year, for more than 40 years now. And I should have started sooner. When I finally got into the practice of doing that, because I was challenged to do that, And I started doing it, I realized how valuable it was, and I wish I had started another 10 or 15 years earlier than I did. It is so important. How can I live by the truth unless I know the truth? How can I obey the truth unless I know the truth? How can I live a life that is in perfect accordance with the Word of God, the Bible, unless I know the Bible? Don't assume that you know it. Don't assume that you know everything about it. And probably nobody that I'm talking to would say, well, I know everything about it. I wouldn't even say that I know everything about it because even having read it many, many, many times and preached it to others, I still can't say that I understand every part of it. Back in uh, November... I chose to take one Sunday to preach on a chapter of God's Word that I have preached on in the past, and I thought it was important for a particular purpose, something that is that has come up in, in our society today that needs a special focus. I thought it was important to, to preach through that chapter again. Actually, when I preached through it many years ago, I went through it in several sermons. In this case, I did it all in one because I only wanted to devote one sunday to it so it had to be sort of a of an overview and summary of that chapter but i must confess having read that chapter dozens scores of times having taught that chapter more than once i still don't fully understand everything that's in that chapter there are some things that still puzzle me i wish i could be absolutely dogmatically certain in without any shadow of a doubt as to what this means. But one thing is clear. I, I do the best I can with it and I explain it to others the best I understand it. And I make that clear. This is my understanding that may it, it's, it's others have, have a different different interpretation of this. I understand that. But this is what I, what I believe this passage is saying. But here's the point. Even though I may not understand it perfectly, at least I am endeavoring to understand it perfectly, but I know people who've never read that chapter one time. You may be one of them. I know people who've never heard that chapter preached on one time. It's a difficult chapter. I have a preacher friend now with the Lord who was preaching through the book from which this, where this chapter is found. And when he came to this particular chapter, and actually the two that, that come before it, he said something like this to his congregation. And the reason I know this is because he told me. He said something like this to his congregation. Well, folks, we've gotten to a difficult section. I think we're going to skip over these three chapters and take it up on the other side. And that's what he did. Preached verse by verse up to that difficult section, skipped over that difficult section, and went on to an easier section. Now, I can understand, in one sense, why he might do that, because you can't preach to others what you don't understand, though I think there's value in in doing it. But being humble enough to say, this is my present understanding, I Realize that there may be some things I don't understand about this, but let's look at it. Here's what it says. But you see, what we have to do is, first of all, know what the Bible says. I've said this to our people many times it's impossible to know what the Bible means until first you know what it says. Does that make sense to you? Do you know what I'm saying? I know people who are sure they know what the Bible means, but they clearly don't know what it says. How can you know what it means until first you know what it says? You have to start with what it says. And then as you think about what has been said, you endeavor to understand exactly what that means and how it applies to you. And many passages are so clear, there's no question, no doubt was it that said, it's not the difficult passages in the Bible that bother me, the ones that I don't understand. It's the ones I do understand that bother me. There are plenty of, of statements, plenty of sections. Most great portions of the Bible are clear enough. The problem is I'm not always yielded to what they say. No, it's not the parts I don't understand that bother me, it's the parts I do. But the fact of the matter is, an awful lot of Christians don't even know what the Bible says. You can't either obey it or disobey it if you don't know what it says. Though, if you are doing the opposite of what it says, you're still guilty of disobedience, because you are responsible to know what it says. It's a lifelong study, and it requires attention and diligence. But you can't start any sooner, but you can start today and make that your lifelong goal. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.